Not everybody's rushing back to be 100% back in the office. In fact, most people like the virtual engagement. So we actually rolled out a full-time work-from-anywhere policy to help our staff manage their personal lives and their business lives, and it's gone over very well. I was actually kind of surprised that only a small percentage really chose 100% remote. And I have to roughly say we probably have about 40 to 45% of the staff in the office on a regular basis. But this hybrid and remote uh, virtual ability to work is extremely important to attracting candidates because that is something that they're looking for. And then with clients, again, I think they kind of like the remote auditing concept somewhat as well because their staff many times did not come back to the office. Thanks for joining us on CPA Risk Chat. Each episode highlights our guests' area of expertise as they share personal stories and industry experiences to help inspire and motivate CPAs and offer up-to-date knowledge you can put into practice today. This month, our spotlight is on Cindy Johnson of Bober Markey Fedorovich. Cindy's career has taken her from paraprofessional to her firm's first woman partner to executive committee membership in the firm's leadership. Cindy has served in numerous leadership roles on professional boards and community organizations. She is a past member of the AICPA Professional Liability Insurance Plans Committee and the current chair of the AICPA Life Insurance and Disability Plans Committee. We talked to Cindy about managing change during the pandemic, today's recruiting challenges, and her own personal work-life balance. And now, here's our spotlight on Cindy Johnson. Hello, I'm Mark Thomas, Senior Vice President at Aon and part of our account management team that works with the AICPA on the AICPA member insurance programs. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing our September CPA spotlight, Cindy Johnson. Cindy's a partner and on the executive committee at BMF and Company, a large regional firm that has offices in Akron, Ohio. So welcome, Cindy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. Cindy oversees the firm's business advisory services group, focusing on large, privately held, middle market, and family-owned businesses, and has a wide array of skills that she's working with in the CPA profession. So I kind of want to start there, Cindy, with how you got attracted to the CPA profession and how you got your career started. All right, Mark. You know, actually, I go back a long way because I really got started in high school, believe it or not. Unfortunately, you know, at that time, I didn't think I'd be able to pursue a four-year college degree, so I took an accounting course, and I always liked math, so it just seemed to be a real natural fit, and then I went into accounting right out of high school then. And, and you and I have, have known each other for a while, so I get to hear a lot about what you do in the CPA profession. And, and I was going to follow up that first question with, you know, looking back on your career, just talk about what you what you think is one of your biggest successes. Well, my first biggest success that I've always felt is, is getting the CPA. And, and that's not a plug. I mean, I really think that that's the capstone of your profession if you're going to be an accountant. And it really shows your focus and dedication to being, you know, the top of, of, the, of the accounting profession. So I started my career actually in industry. So again, I went a little backwards. I worked for a, um, a construction company and for a law firm. And then I, I gravitated to uh, my firm that I'm still with today, Bober Markey Fedorovich and Company, BMF, as you mentioned. 
and um, worked my way there up from paraprofessional to partner. I was actually the first female partner in my firm. And now today, which really I think is the biggest accomplishment is that I'm on the executive committee, um, <clears throat> which we which I was elected by my partners last year when we transitioned our leadership uh, to the new executive committee format. So that was a, a pretty big accomplishment that I'm very proud of. Yeah, congratulations. And, Thank and, you. and, and since I've known you, I, I can just tell the great impact you've had on the CPA profession and at your firm. And when we were talking uh, with the committee and the committee members a little bit earlier this year, we, we had a chance to talk to CPAs and about what's going on at their firm. And I know you just had a chance to talk about you know, one of your successes and, and you were telling me a little bit earlier about what was one of your biggest challenges. And that's what's been going on in the CPA profession in the last year since the pandemic started and how you've been managing at the firm. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, you're right, Mark. I mean, the, the pandemic uh, led to a lot of challenges, not only in our firm, but for all CPAs. I mean, overnight, we went fully remote. Um, and, and the good news there is, uh, you know, in our profession, we're, we're pretty um, virtual anyway, because we're always out of the office working at clients and, uh, you know, paperless, not, you know, using virtual tools and so forth. So for the most part, that piece of it was was fairly easy. Um, then we worked with our clients and our staff to make sure that we had, you know, processes in place to be able to continue to deliver the top quality service to our clients that they're used to and that we're accustomed to providing. But also keeping in mind, you know, the importance of making sure that our associates felt supported and comfortable with how they provided the service, how they worked, that they had the support they needed from the technical side and from just the caring side. This was a time when you really needed to support your, your staff. Um, as well as making sure the clients were well taken care of. So that was probably a big challenge. And then the other thing too, as I mentioned, we were just starting to go through our leadership transition at the same time, which actually, you know, some question, should you continue a leadership transition or do one if there's, there's a, big, um, a big challenge like the pandemic? And for us, I really felt that it ended up being a benefit because we now had uh, an in-place leadership team to really handle all the additional work. And it was a lot of work. You know, one of the things that we did with our staff is we put in, we were doing weekly town halls to keep our staff updated with everything that was going on. And they really appreciated that because keeping that connectivity when everybody is remote is very difficult. So they liked the transparency. And then actually we've continued that today. We, we then ended up going uh, monthly and now we're doing our town halls like, you know, bi-monthly, which, which is very important. So um, it was a challenging time, but I, I'd like to give our associates a lot of credit for the fact that they really rose to the challenge. And I don't think we missed a beat in serving our clients. It's so interesting to hear you describe it that way, and I'll and I'll say that it's a parallel to very much what we were experiencing at at Aon. And one of the other areas I heard you talk about 
uh, was the culture, right? The culture at your firm in this new work environment. So tell me a little bit more about what you think the culture of your firm will be in the future and, and how do you see it progressing now that we've had this big change in our work-life balance? Well, that's a good question, Mark. Um, we're hoping that we can maintain and retain the good culture that we already have, but it will be an ongoing challenge because now that all the staff were used to working remotely, I think as most of us know, not everybody's rushing back to be 100% back in the office. In fact, most people like the virtual engagement. So we actually rolled out a full-time work from anywhere policy a couple of months ago to help our staff manage their personal lives and their business lives. And it's gone over very well. And so at that point, associates selected anywhere from 100% remote to 100% you know, in the office. And I have to roughly say we probably have about oh, maybe 40 to 45% of the staff in the office, anywhere from 100% to 60%, 40% on a regular basis. And then we, we probably, I was actually kind of surprised that only a small percentage really chose 100% remote. Um, so that kind of surprised me, which was good though. Um, but we've had enough people go remote that um, we really need to look at having more official hoteling spaces that are properly equipped so people can just come in and plug and play, you know, because they have their monitors and their docking stations at home. Um, so we're implementing some more actual hoteling spaces so they can just come in and plug and play. So we're already, you know, well into that, you know, um, in the office, out of the office. And then with clients, again, I think they kind of like the remote auditing concept somewhat as well um, because their staff, many times did not come back to the office. So we just inquire of our clients what, what works best for them. You know, sometimes we'll have planning meetings or exit conferences in person and we do the audit remotely or vice versa. So it'll be kind of, a, um, a, again, a, an ongoing environment to make sure that we're addressing our clients' needs in the manner that works best for them and our staff going forward. But again, like you said, it still brings on the challenge of how you maintain that culture. So we're continuing to do our, um, our, our firm forums, you know, on a regular basis. And, you know, what we do is we do a little survey before we do the firm forum to see what's on their mind. So we can kind of address that um, as we um, give them an update on what's going on in the firm. And we're trying to encourage in-person events training events, social events, and things like that. And then we still do virtual training as well as in-person training. So we're trying to do a combination of in-person and virtual and just making the whole cultural piece of it front and center. Yeah, I love hearing that because you talked a little bit earlier about communicating and, and being connected to your colleagues. And it sounds like your firm is doing doing all the right things. And since I have known you for a while, I, I know how social you are and I know uh, the work that you do interacting with clients. I can imagine it was pretty tough for you not to be out and in the marketplace talking to firms and, and clients that you've worked with for so long. Well, believe it or not, I actually still had some in-person audits last year. There's a group of some industries that, you know, because they still had to be in person, they wanted us there. So we still had a few that we did. Probably um, the biggest thing that I, I missed, and I know many of my associates did as well, was all of our community interaction because there were no events. 
There were no social functions. Um, it was very difficult, you know, to network. And we all did a lot of the virtual meetings uh, and virtual events, and some were better than others, but it's not the same. You know, you don't get that person to person contact and it just made it a lot more difficult. So you're exactly right. Again, those things are starting to open up more in person ability to network and, and do things like that, especially, you know, golfing in the summer and being out of doors, you know, makes it a little bit easier too. Well, speaking of, of community events and activities, you do have a, an extensive history of being involved in your community. So first, let's talk about your uh, commitment to serving the AICPA and the profession. You, you had an opportunity to work on the AICPA Professional Liability Insurance Plans Committee, and then you transitioned over to the Life Insurance and Disability Plans Committee, of which you are now the chair. Uh, that's a long tenure right there of, of helping serve the CPAs because what Aon has done is built programs designed specifically for CPAs and having someone like you uh, so well in, in the practice of being a CPA, it's it's really been helpful to us to have your participation. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your commitment to being a community uh, and being so involved in the community, not only in your profession, we'll talk a little bit about what you do outside of the profession too. Well, thank you, Mark. I actually got in the uh, CLIP committee uh, through a referral from our Ohio Society of CPAs CEO um, because the committee was looking to be more diversified and uh, he recommended me. I had been involved in the state society uh, before then as chair of our local chapter. So I considered it a great opportunity to get involved. And when I got on the um, PLIP committee, I didn't know a whole lot about insurance, but over the three years I was on the committee, I learned a lot. And um, I recognized the importance of what we did, you know, on that committee and certainly on the life insurance committee as well. And I felt that, you know, after investing all that time and building up, you know, what I consider to now be some expertise in the insurance, I volunteered again for the life insurance committee because I felt that that, um, that background really transitioned me um, to help with the life insurance and, and it has. I mean, it, it's been a pleasure to serve. I, I considered serving my profession to be a big accomplishment. You know, like you mentioned, I've been involved in the community for a really long, a really long time in a variety of roles. And um, I considered serving my profession a way to give back. Um, and working with you and your associates, I mean, everybody is so dedicated to the importance of our life insurance plans and all the effort that goes into this. I, I don't think most people really realize how much time and effort and commitment is involved with making sure that the AICPA offers the best insurance plans available for our members and also, you know, the work that we do in strategic planning to stay on top of what is changing in, in the uh, insurance industry and what is, you know, what is important for us to know about those changes, again, to make sure that they have the best uh, plans available to them that we can possibly offer. That's uh, awesome. And I, I, one of the things I wanted to let our audience know is one of the highlights uh, since you've been a chair and, and on as a committee member for the Life Insurance and Disability Plans Committee is, is we did introduce something called CPA Life Express. And it's an opportunity for young CPAs to get a million dollars for the coverage and do it really fast, simple, and easy. And it's there's nothing like it in the rest of the life insurance industry. So thank you so much for 
uh, supporting us on that. And it's it's really taken off and been great. Um, but yet the life insurance numbers and statistics, you know, there's still not enough people who own their own personal life insurance. And I think the numbers, it's we're down to about 54% now when you think of consumers. So yeah. I'd love to hear a little bit more uh, how you feel about the work that you've done and how do, how do you talk to other young CPAs, especially at your firm, about the need for life insurance protection and, and how it can benefit them and their families? Well, I certainly encourage them to get life insurance. You know, I've had life insurance myself since I was at a young age. Um, but I think I think part of the issue now is, you know, and we've talked about this in the committee, that many times young people are pushing off getting married, they're pushing off having families, they're pushing off buying houses. And I think maybe they're pushing off buying insurance along with some of those things, possibly thinking, oh, I don't have to worry about that now, I'm single and carefree. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, when you're young, that's the best time to buy insurance, you know? So that's what I tell our people, it's the best time to get the insurance. And you know, if you get it in place, you've got it, and then you don't have to worry about it. Right. And then if you do get married or have a family or whatever, then you can revisit your insurance to make sure you have enough insurance in place for for those new life things that occur. Oh, that's really great advice. So I'm going to divert for just a little a uh, little bit here and, and maybe we'll dive into the, some of the work that you've done in the community as well. And I know you love to be outdoors. Um, and I, when I was looking at some of the, the work that you, you did, I love that 2019 that you were the Commodore at the Interlake Yachting Association. I got it. I have to hear a little bit more about that. <laughs> okay. Um, so that is also an elected position. Um, I've been, I volunteered for that organization for about 20 years. And my husband was actually Commodore in 2001. As you might expect, I served as treasurer of the organization for probably about 10 years overall. I was also on the board of trustees. So what we do is we put on regattas. So at Putin Bay, which is an island here in Ohio, um, we hold a the largest junior regatta in the country. So all the juniors sail for, it used to be five days, now it's four days. They sail and we house them on the island. And then we have a senior sail regatta. So um, that's uh, about three days. And we do a deep water that comes over there as well. Um, and then we also do a powerboat regatta, which has competitions. And then for all of those regattas, we have onshore activities and food and different events. So as Commodore, it's my responsibility to raise the money for those events, publish a yearbook uh, of all the activities, raise sponsorship for the yearbook, and ensure that all the activities go off with how to hitch. And then we also have a spring meeting and a fall meeting of all the membership. We have about 140 yacht clubs that are members of the Interlake Yachting Association. And that goes all the way from Chicago to maybe even north of Buffalo so and Canada. So Michigan, Ohio, New York, Pennsylvania, Canada. So a lot of clubs. So it's, it's, a, it's a big commitment, but it, it was a fun job. I really enjoyed it. 
So that's a little sneak of what you like to do in the summertime when the weather's nice and you're out on the water. But I've also heard you tell some really great stories about what you do in the winter. Not so much that it's community oriented, but it's your own personal love yeah. for being outdoors and your snowmobiling trips. So my big vacation is to go to the snow in West Yellowstone, Montana. So it's a little bit different than what most people like to do. But I enjoy the outdoors. I enjoy the snow. My husband and I go to uh, the mountains and we go back in the mountains and snowmobile in the deep snow. And it's it's just a lot of fun. I mean, you see things that you can never see. I mean, you can't get back in those places, you know, in the summertime usually. So we see a lot of great outdoors, mountains, animals sometimes as well. And many times we actually drive out there. So that's an interesting experience as well, which can be enjoyable, but it can be long. But yeah, we really enjoy snowmobiling. We ski a little bit too, but more snowmobiling than skiing. Well, I, I think our audience is getting the idea that you uh, have a nice work-life balance. And, and we think, I, I know that's so important to us today. So we were talking a little bit earlier about all the work that your firm is doing with uh, associates that you're bringing up into the CPA profession. So why don't we go back to that for just a little <laughs> bit. And, and you talked about the new hybrid work environment and, and how that's going to be impacting your, your colleagues. And now that we're, you know, more than a year into the pandemic, that that does look like the future for us. So tell us a little bit about how how your colleagues, especially new new hires or how you're doing hiring new CPAs or associates into the firm is as well as we go further into 2021. We always participate at the college recruitment programs. In Ohio, we're still very lucky that we have several colleges nearby that have great accounting programs and that do on-site uh, events. Last year, again, very difficult. Uh, because of the pandemic, there were not many uh, students that took part in the uh, school uh, recruiting process. Uh, not as many um, interns available, uh, but this year it looks like things are, are picking back up. One of the other things that we've done for a number of years too is there's a, a summer leadership program uh, through our colleges that we sign up for. So we get the opportunity to bring the students to the office and we put on like a two day program for them. And I bet we always have like 20 to 35 students. And the benefit there is we get to see them in advance of the college recruiting activities that typically occur in mid to late September. So that's a huge part of our recruitment process. And then we're always recruiting for experienced staff and we will look for experienced staff not only from other public accounting firms but also from industry but you know it's not always easy as i'm sure everybody listening to this knows to to find experienced staff which is why the college recruiting is so very important so we've used um zoom to do interviewing. In fact, I just had an interview a couple of days ago on Zoom and um, we're bringing the candidate now into the office to see the office. But this hybrid and remote uh, virtual ability to work is extremely important to attracting candidates because that is something that they're looking for. So we'll do a combination of if the candidate is local to our office and we can bring them in, we prefer to bring them in for a period of time to do the training in person. Um, if they're fully remote, like perhaps they live in another state, then we're doing the training virtually. And, and I have to tell you in training myself, using we use Teams for like, you know, hands-on training, if you will, sharing screens. I mean, you can use Zoom too, but we use Teams a lot for like one-on-one -on -one training. I think it works just as well as having somebody in person. You know, maybe for a large group, 
in person, you know, might be best, but for one on one or or a smaller group, the teams training seems to work really well. But again, that too is something that's in process as we continue to refine, you know, those those virtual learning programs. It's amazing how much we've learned and how much we've adapted over the last year. And, and again, I think it is the model going forward. And, and I, just from talking with you today, I can hear your firm is really on top of it. I know you and I talked a little while back and, and we were looking for some resources from Aon to help guide you with the return to office. So Cindy, here we are in the month of September, which is Life Insurance Awareness Month. And we talked a little bit about life insurance earlier. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about some of the biggest risks that CPAs face in their personal life? Well, Mark, I mean, what really comes to mind is the fact that the, the biggest risk is to really plan for the unexpected, I think, because when you're younger, sometimes you don't think about what might occur because everything's going so great, right? And then when you're older, you, you don't think as much about the fact that you might need to plan for risks that life insurance could help you with because you don't have young children or whatever. But I think at, at all ages, you really need to think about your health, the possibility of having an accident, and unfortunately, the possibility of an untimely death. I mean, I even know of young CPAs that passed unexpectedly. And unfortunately, and not in all cases, they were properly prepared to take care of their families because they didn't have good planning and life insurance in place. In fact, it's one of the reasons that we developed the CPA Life Express because nobody really has a lot of time. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't have a lot of time. And so, and, and especially if we don't wanna really think about why we might need life insurance, we might just kind of put it off. So with CPA Life Express, we make it so easy for the younger people to just get it, take care of it and have it in place and not have to worry about it until um, there might be a life event. And then when you're older and you have children and you have a spouse, or even when you're my age, you know, my children are grown, but um, studies show now that so many of us are taking care of our grandchildren and then some of the younger people are taking care of their parents. So there's a lot of financial responsibility that we have in our lives that really life insurance can help us with. And again, getting it at a younger age is the best time because it's so affordable especially when you start young and especially when you're healthy, you know, planning for the unexpected and being prepared is probably the best thing that you can do at any age. Cindy, you just captured it so perfectly. Thank you so much, especially during the month of September, which is Life Insurance Awareness Month. So I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being our CPA spotlight today. And I know all of your colleagues in the CPA profession that get a chance to listen are gonna learn a lot. So again, thank you so much for joining us and looking forward to continue working with you on the AICPA Life Insurance and Disability Plans Committee. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for listening. The CPA Risk Chat is a production of AICPA Member Insurance Programs a trusted advocate for CPAs, providing exclusive access to superior risk solutions that safeguard your livelihood and protect your lifestyle. Visit cpai.com for more information. Subscribe to this podcast to be notified of future episodes. See you next time.